Welcome to the Irish NFL show and welcome to our week three talking points show in partnership with Buskers on the Ball. We'll get to the Dolphins' historic offensive efforts a little bit later. We'll talk about that crazy game in Minnesota too, where it turns out the Vikings curse is somehow even stronger than the Chargers curse. Uh, But let's start with the Cardinals, who are pulling off what looks like one of the worst tank jobs in history because, Colm, the Cardinals are actually good. They turned over the Dallas Cowboys, and in some style too. That was not one that any of us expected uh, going into the the, the, the the weekend, and I'm pretty sure there weren't too many people picking uh, the Cardinals, even in the desert uh, where the Vegas Ozmakers live. Not in the Arizona desert did they anticipate that the Cowboys would meet their comeuppance in such uh, interesting fashion. Yeah, Connor. Uh, Taylor Swift has the 2017 song, This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things, and... This is why the Cowboys can't have nice things because this is what happens, right? They get all the hype and then ultimately it all falls apart. And this wasn't a a complete fluke by the Cardinals. Okay, granted, the Cowboys were missing players on the offensive line, but ultimately they failed to score points in the red zone and the Cardinals took care of business. And uh, if uh, if you didn't see the uh, TikTok, of um, the uh, the QB uh, enjoying life over uh, Micah Parsons. Now, it was all in good fun, in fairness. Uh, that, I mean, look, we, and I wonder if the Cardinals themselves ma- made a mistake and underestimated um, in terms of moving off of Colt McCoy. Because Colt McCoy, if you really wanted to tank, that might have been the safer play. They now have a QB who is playing for his NFL career. If yeah. Joshua Dobbs has a good year, I mean, he could earn, like, potential, well, maybe a starter, but certainly a backup, right? And now, ultimately, being a backup in the league is 10 million a year for the next 10 years. Like, this is 100 million on the, on the line, and there's plenty of other players as well. They were, they were well coached. They negated the Cowboys, I suppose, uh, you know, pass rush. They got the ball out super quick, um, and they were just really smart about how uh, they approached this. Uh, for, for the Cowboys, you know, this feels like, and I said it on the show on Thursday, I said, they surely won't be like the Denver game from a few years ago, you know, where they were caught napping and they underestimated the opponent, but it was the exact same. So it would appear that no matter who the Cowboys have as their head coach, uh, ultimately the same problems materialize again and again and again. And the, Cow- the Cowboys are going to uh, go to the, the playoffs but unless something fundamentally changes, it's difficult to see them getting back to the championship game. And Brian, we'll get to the Cowboys in a little bit more detail, but let no one take the focus away from, from Arizona and what they've done. And I suppose it goes to show how the convenient little narratives that sometimes come together in uh, in the off-season and in the preseason don't necessarily manifest themselves. This is why we watch the games. This is why we play the games. You know, Jonathan Gannon was something of a, of, of a joke. There were, he was meme-worthy because of the um, the, the kind of Hyper energetic display he put in when he when he first arrived in in Arizona and people were kind of poking fun at him. There were question marks over him based on that obviously uh, underwhelming Eagles effort in the in the Super Bowl on defense where they basically got pantsed by Andy Reid. You know, to- victimized by the same play twice. A lot of fingers pointed at him, but he comes into this season and he has the Cardinals ready to go with uh, an unproven Joshua Dobbs who was only starting and um, only winning for the first time. Uh, in, in the game last week and, and they look really good they look really well coached a lot of smart play on offense you know where they were kind of smashing the Cowboys up with James Conner and then suddenly faked them out and sent Rondale Moore through the middle and he he scampers for a touchdown 
You know, Dobbs looks really confident. He stepped Micah Parsons early on and ran for 43 yards himself before getting pushed out. And everything's coming together nicely for them. Yeah, I'd like to commend the offensive coordinator, Drew Metzik, uh, going into the season. Some Cardinals fans were also giving him a hard time, as well as obviously people have been down on the team. 400 yards total offense. I think uh, Dobbs only had something like four incomplete passes throughout the course of the the whole game. They scored on the first five drives, whether it was field goals or touchdowns. I mean, it's it's brilliant. Like we did say last week that like we felt okay, this one's gonna be really above their, their weight battle in terms of playing the Cowboys, but they have started both games really well and the Cowboys have to be kinda of wary of that. They come out with a fast start and they caught them nap. They really did. But like the the drive for me towards the end of the game when like despite the fact that the the Cowboys about one and five in the red zone. You know, that's that's just not good enough, you know. And you've two red zone drives where you don't score at all. But that thicker drive at the end. So the look, had Zeke. They could have punched it in with Zeke. Yeah. Well, this is the team. We talked about Pollard and Pollard's gonna step in and be the number one back. But Pollard in that game last week didn't do enough. He was stifled and a lot of and a lot of players. But let's not take it away from the Cardinals. Like this Cardinals team have played for the head coach and we joke about they're not thinking in the right way, they don't fully understand. But Connor was right, he's got the new Last week, these guys are playing for their for their careers as opposed to playing for the organization as, as much as that, and it's great. And you're right with Dobbs, like that particular. He he's he's the one that set the ground running in terms of that 47 yard rush earlier on in the game. Is that he sidestep past and straight away they were on the front foot, and it continued. And they had them, they had them kind of napping throughout the course of the game. The Ron Day Moore touchdown again was one that he just didn't see coming either. And the Cowboys, Collins right, he calls it again. They had. 107 yards of penalties on the game, 13 flags. This is cowboy stuff we see where they just get away from what they do right and when they get caught up in these type of games and they're giving away yards on penalties. It only leads to one team. People are, you know, questioning Dak again because when Dak puts himself in a position to get it done, he doesn't get it done enough from that when it comes to these type of games where they're there to be won and he doesn't get over the line. No, for all that we doubt the Cowboys column because of the the, the all sizzle and no stake tag that's attached to them for the last twenty years, this, this one's quite concerning. And I know you don't want to overweight on one one defeat, but normally the Cowboys are flat track bullies. These are the sort of teams that they run over in the regular season before somebody actually stands up to them and knocks them flat in their ass in the in, in the playoffs. And you don't expect the Cowboys to show such a poor effort as Brian mentioned. Nine penalties for one hundred and six, one hundred and seven yards. These are self-inflicted wounds. You know that poor performance in the in the red zone. It's just not good enough. It's not what you expect from a team that was able to put forty on the Giants without conceding a point uh, a couple of weeks ago. They just looked complacent. They looked off the boil. Yeah, but that that's almost what I do expect from the Cowboys because the, you know time has shown us that the Cowboys play play well and they open the the season and like they were incredible, right, in that opening, particularly the the defense. But everything came so easy to them in in those first two games. And now they have to regroup and regroup quickly because ultimately the the Patriots uh, come into Jerry's world and then they go on the road against the 49ers. So uh, they have a couple of uh, big games coming up. They need to to right themselves. I, I think they'll be fine in the regular season. I, I, I do. I think um, and they will get the players back on the line. I think they were a bigger issue uh, ultimately than, say, Zeke. But I think when push comes to shove in, in the playoffs, like are, are they going to be able 
to, you know, make those trips to the red zone count when they go up against, again, the, the really top defenses. Um, and they are coached by Mike McCarthy. This is the, the concern. Uh, but they'll be fine. I mean, Dallas are going to probably win um, 12 re- regular season games and they'll may they could they could even surprise um the the 49ers they're that sort of team but then they'll go out the next week and and lay an egg against the chargers 12 wins sorry 12 wins for the cowboys okay we're nearly running the table scenarios here <laughs> given those 12 wins okay let's see well, Brian, let's talk about a team that's well on pace for 12 wins and, and certainly for records in terms of offensive production. The Dolphins put up 720 plus yards of total offense at the weekend, an NFL record. Uh, only the 70 points. They didn't quite get the NFL record, but it's the first time a team's put up 70 points since the 1960s. And um, we've said it over and over again about the Dolphins. Speed kills. They are unbelievably fast in, in all departments. One stat here that, that caught my eye after the weekend. Five fast speeds recorded by NFL players this season, all by Dolphins. Three by Tyree Kill, one by Raheem Mostert, and one by Devon A-Chain, the A-Train that we saw over the weekend, who was just electric and, and so, so fast. I, I feel sorry for track and field athletes across the U.S. now for sprinters. You know, they're hassled enough by NFL scouts, but everybody at a 100-meter and 200-meter race for the next two, three, four years is going to be harangued by NFL scouts, wondering can they catch a ball or run with the ball because... The Dolphins proved that if you have guys that can run that fast and can play football, there's not much you can do to stop you, especially when you got Mike McDaniel drawn up the place. The Broncos could have stopped them if they had been cover three in the second half and let them play in front of them and make away the deep threat and let them use the clock and don't find yourself in a position where you're on the, the wrong end of a team trying to set an NFL record. Um, and he did them solid, didn't he? That's what he's different person suggesting. Sean, Sean Payton was done a solid by... Why did off and start kicking the field goal at the end? I mean, like if that was Bill Belichick, he would have kicked the field goal and set the record. He wouldn't be worrying about the other side of the defense. Um, well, no, I'll jump inside. I don't think it, I think it, whenever team played, the gentleman I think whenever team played Dolphins last weekend would have got a roast. And they were not just farm. It's lights out stuff, but I mean the numbers are off. Are staggering. It's seven hundred twenty-one yards total offense, and I think even in the rushing department is over three hundred. I think three twenty odd. You've got one, two running backs essentially running in. But they're not even running in touchdowns. Like they, you know, they're brief kind of down and out passes in the red zone. Too, I thought the tackling by the Broncos defense, in particular the red zone, on some of those touchdowns was was very poor. But uh, this is a real test this weekend for the Dolphins. They they go into Buffalo. And this game, you know, has huge impact on on the division. If they were to win this, to be two games out of the Bills, um, we'll see if they can be slowed down. But right now they look like a juggernaut that can't be stopped. But we've seen this before early on in the NFL season. It doesn't always materialize. Come. Come the NSN. Well, we saw we saw last season yeah, the starters, yeah. Exactly, yeah. They went into Baltimore and did something similar. I'd be interested to hear what comes starts are on the other side of the fence in terms Broncos and what the... Yeah, we, we, we've delayed it long enough, Column. Uh, Brian's kindly suggesting the Dolphins would have done that to every anyone last weekend, but uh, the Broncos certainly didn't. I, I'm, do, I'm doing columnists. I'm, do, I'm doing columnists. See, I'm doing columnists all the time. Um, well, if we're to keep on the theme, uh, for the Dolphins, uh, you know, Taylor, Taylor Swift has a song, Today Was a Fairy Tale, uh, well, Sunday was a fairy tale for them. I, I disagree with, with, with Brian about the intern and, and about Mike McDaniel doing a solid, um, you know, again, I'll, I'll go to, uh, Taylor Swift has a, a song better than revenge. 
that's what that was. Okay. Um, there is, for anyone who isn't uh, aware of it, check out, there is a Twitter account called QB Collective, and it is basically the Shanahan coaching tree, the Mike Shanahan coaching tree. Um, Kyle Shanahan, we know, has access to it. I don't think he actually tweets, but that uh, Twitter account is basically the Mike Shanahan account. They, um, to say they dislike Sean Payton would be an absolute understatement. Uh, they t- took huge umbrage to his comments about uh, Nathaniel Hackett during the summer, um, and they've taken shots at, at him ever since. Uh, the The fact they didn't kick it was essentially what what Fergie used to do to Venk when he used to ruffle his hair and kind of pat him on the head, uh, and uh, after absolutely annihilating him. And the Vic Fangio piece probably played into to that uh, as well. Uh, I know Cameron Wolf. Uh, commented that uh, in the Dolphins locker room, they the feeling was that the Broncos essentially quit in the third quarter. Uh, now, when you are quitting in the third quarter of week three, uh, that is quite something. But look, this is the chickens coming home to roost for the Broncos. Okay, this is years of ineptitude. And it gets covered over a lot in the league, right? Every team has local media and some are more critical than others. Uh, some can afford to be in a New York market. Y- you know, there, there's plenty to, to go around. Uh, the The Philly market is a law unto itself. Um, but in Denver, they tend to be very kind to the team and they've ignored a lot of the failings. This is, this is a bad team. It's a badly coached team especially on the defensive side of the ball. And it's a badly run team. The roster is terribly um, constructed. There's no explosiveness there on either side of the the ball. And they brought Vance Joseph back just a few years on from him being an abject disaster as head coach. And, you know, how is anyone going to respect him? You know, it's it's just not there. Um, They they can't really make any changes just because it's so fresh. But ultimately, I I cannot see George Payton being in a job beyond this season. I cannot see Vance Joseph being in a job beyond this season. Um, we, we'll get into um, the two bald men fighting over a comb on Thursday evening. Uh, but <laughs> this is this is this is deja vu, you know. Um, yeah, score was worse, and I, and I I mean you, you almost. The score was so bad that I think it has almost deflected be, um, from just uh, what a, a rotten position this Broncos team are in because it seemed like a Madden score. You, it's the type of thing you only ever saw, uh, you know, on a um, uh, on a computer screen. It's like when Ronaldo and Messi first started doing those sixty goal a year seasons, and it was like you used to hear about Dixie Dean, and you could never imagine a player doing that. They suddenly started doing it. And now we have that in the NFL. I mean, I used to laugh at college teams kind of putting up those sorts of numbers. And here my team are uh, on the the receiving end of it. Uh, There's there's no easy solution uh, to to the Broncos uh, for this. This is uh, they need to basically tear it down. They've avoided rebuilding. They've cut corners. They've tried to take shortcuts. And ultimately, they had their their pants completely pulled down by Mike McDaniel and Vic Fangio, who were just magnificent at the weekend. Brian? Yeah, yeah I was kind of referencing different quotes and different songs about that last particular play of not kicking the field goal. 
I remember a Giants game in the 80s where the Giants eased up on a team they put 40 down on and, and they asked him, what did you say to the players? And, he, and Bill Parcell said, um, stop beating the dog. The dog is dead. <laughs> so I think we might have been looking at a, you know, a poor puppy come the end of that game, all right. But uh, well, look, I, I thought, like, I, I completely agree with you, Colin. Like, I thought from McDaniels, that was, or McDaniel rather, that was the ultimate in, in mind games. Like, I could do this to you, but I'm going to take pity on you because this is the thing that I know is going to annoy Sean Payton the most. The fact that I had the opportunity to do it, but I spared you just this one time. It's like the ultimate slight, and, and you know that's really going to stick in Payton's throat. I really enjoyed the press conference afterwards, by the way. Um, Payton just looked as you'd expect him to look. <laughs> sweet, sweet revenge. Um, we had, you know, let's, let's move on to some teams. Who, 